Welcome to the New York Giant Cast in partnership with Barnstormers Football Club. Welcome to episode six of the New York Giant Cast. We're back finally after a couple of weeks. I'm myself, Harry Cooper, and I'm with Brendan. How are you? Doing great. You know, hype for tomorrow night. Could be a night changing for the franchise. And first draft for Joe Shane. So pray to God he can make the right decisions for us. Exactly, exactly. Do you think there's actually, um, just before we get actually into it, is there actually any pressure on them to pick that well as it is their first draft? I would say probably not. Not as much as like year two and year three. But I think the foundational piece, the, the foundational pieces that we have, especially since we have two top 10 picks, we can get two blue trip type prospects. So their evaluation skills, I mean, will be put into test, but they don't ha- exactly have to hit on both picks, in my opinion. So you know, there are there is some pressure, but not as much as I I would um, put on like Dave Gettleman with five and seven right now. So um, I'm, I trust Joe Shane. So let's let's see how he does. I mean, he's picked some good people before, so we can only go off that, I guess. But um, yeah, like you said, we've got two top 10 picks. I think it'll be hard to mess it up that badly that we get two really like two busts, but like it is NFL. So who knows what will happen? And um do you think we'll trade either of them off, or do you think we're going to go for two picks? I would say if the Panthers trade number six to say like the Eagles or someone like that, and they hop up and they take a guy that we really liked at seven, then we might trade back from seven. However, it would take probably at least two two extra first round picks for any team to hop to five, in my opinion. So I would say probably not, just because when you're a team like the Giants and you're on a cap budget. And like you're very tight, or tight on your cap, you need as as many rookie deals as you possibly can. So, my I would say no, but um, I wouldn't be shocked because Joe Shane has talked about getting more darts to hit on the dartboard. The reference he's been using. So who knows? I wouldn't mind it, but I, at the same time, five and seven is very intriguing, and I would love to take two blue chip type prospects. No, exactly. Um, and so today's episode, basically, what we're going to cover is going to cover and evaluate our options at five and at seven. Um, but before we get into that, I'm just going to go through. I saw this on Good Morning Football, uh, and this was a trade that they'd done um, apart on their section that's you're on the clock. And the Giants received the second overall pick, and the Lions received the seventh overall, Sterling Shepard and James Bradbury. Like that's actually a mad trade. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the Giants were taking a heartbeat. Whether whether the Lions yeah, were that, <laughs> but I just I saw it on now. I was like, and then it was all over Twitter. I'm not sure if you saw it, but it was all over Twitter, and I was like, that isn't actually like the fact it made like live coverage on TV news is like, oh, <laughs> so I didn't really know what to say. I was like, that's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, like obviously James Bradbury would be gone. Someone obviously that's been we spoke about before in terms of trading him off for cap space, etc. Plus Dylan Shepherd, and obviously we go up higher. Um, would we? I know obviously it's five spots higher, and it is nicer to be obviously at the se- second than the seventh. Would it be necessary to go that high though? Like, how important is it? That, like, you know, we have five and seven anyway. Like, is is it actually that essential that we get that second pick? I mean, if. If what you're saying is, I mean, I saw it. I saw it as well. But saying that wants to happen, and I'm by God, it's not going to happen. I know. I already know it. Um, <laughs> we'd, we would essentially be trading Sterling Shepard, who could probably become a third round pick, 
if we were to trade him. And James Bradbury, who's going to be no more than a two or a three. Five spots up. That doesn't really make any sense because the Lions are trying to get younger. The Lions are trying to get better. And with Sterling Shepard and James Bradbury, two vets that, um, you know, carry pretty hefty contracts and dead cap. So I don't understand why they would do that. And especially since um, they also pick up 32 as well. There's no reason for them to get two of those guys when they're not even in the stage to compete right now. Um, but if we were to move up to two, and by God, if that happens, I'll be jumping for joy and we, without giving up five. Um, I would look for us to probably take Thibodeau. And I would just say that because maybe we liked him so much in that last call that maybe we're afraid, or even Neil, Evan Neal, maybe we like two of those prospects so much that we're afraid that the Jets or the Texans might steal them. Then maybe. But there's no way Joe Shane's trading up unless it's like in the later rounds. So I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, no, it was just a bit of news that was uh, it was quite <laughs> intriguing, and it got it got Twitter talking. Okay, so what we're gonna do? We'll start at round five and uh, round five, pick five, and the prospects that we have available. So we'll start with Evan Neal uh, from Alabama. Um, I'll I'll start by going a bit on him. So yeah, pick five is obviously I feel like that's uh, obviously it's a very important pick. The Giants, obviously, in a massive rebuild stage at the moment. And uh, when we were just talking a minute ago about trading the picks away, for me, we don't trade them away. Um, we need to get two good players that can help build the franchise and get a call going, basically. Um, he's much quicker now um, compared to his previous stats. Um, and he's played, at obviously, a top-level competition over his last three seasons. I, I feel like Evan Neal, for me, would probably be our best bet at five. I really liked him um, last season in college football. So, yeah, what what is your take on him? Would would he be your number one pick at five, or you know, is there other options? But what have you made of Evan Neal? I really like Evan Neal, and I've said this for a long time. He could have been the number one overall draft pick if, I mean, it was three months ago when people were set in stone that Evan Neal was going number one to the Jags. If we get him at five, then that's a home run. And we can see I've, – I've been watching a lot of tape of Evan Neal. He's quick on his feet. He's 330 pounds, but he's a very, very light 330 pounds. Yeah, he's a very agile 330. Yeah. He's not – 330 sells a, sells a fake story. If you, if you saw him at the combine when he weighed in, he looked as thin as me. And that yeah. says a lot. <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> he's 330 pounds, but he's, but he's got, like, the physicality. He's strong. Yeah. He's lean. He can move. And he doesn't give up a lot of sacks. And especially in that SEC-type environment where he's coming up against Trayvon Walker, who's the, probably the number one pick right now as, as we speak, um, he was dominating. And it says something that he was doing so well against um, one of some of the nation's top defenses. And and he's only allowed, like I think, three sacks in his entire college career, which is nuts. And he's moved around from left to right tackles to say Andrew Thomas gets hurt. We can move him to the left side. That's just the versatility aspect. And I really think that we need to um, – if he's there at five, I think Carolina takes him at six if we don't take him at five. So we take him at five if he's there, 100%. So I'll give you a little bit of background information. This is what an NFC team have said about him. He'll be a good pro, but I don't see him as being the best tackle to come out of this class. He's getting an Alabama push from the media, in my opinion. Is that harsh or fair? Absolutely, it's harsh. 
That seems very harsh. I wonder what NFC team said that. I wonder what NFC team said that. Um, someone, someone don't like him. But maybe yeah, someone wants to draft him. Yeah. He's not like he's not like in one games and then they go and pick him. Yeah, maybe the Carolina Panthers. But, um yeah. Obviously like look, he's not, um I, for me like this would be my number one pick at the at the fifth pick. Whether we go for him or not, obviously we'll have to wait and see. But I think he's a very good option and like out of all the f- picks at number five we're gonna look at. I feel like he has completely opposite to what that statement says. I think he probably has one of the better futures in the in the league, um, and I'm confident like he will like progress to be a very good player, um, and we can build like a core around him. If that makes sense. Yeah, and especially with with veterans that we have coming in on the line, like Mark Lewinsky and um, a few other guys we picked up in free agency, I think he can really learn from uh, guys who have been on successful O lines. And um, Joe Shane's done really well to uh, build the inside of the trenches. And now he just needs that one blue chip guy on the outside across from Andrew Thomas, who's another blue chip guy. And the Giants O-line could instantly be, be a top 10 line unit next year if we draft the right guy at five. And I think Evan Neal's that guy. Okay, so moving on, Big Icky from NC State. So another player that we could potentially get at the five. Uh, we had Dash got 4.93 seconds. He actually had quite a good combine. Um, just looking at his stats here. Um, very physical guy. Um, and one thing that the people quoted at the combine was that his hands were noticeably better, noticeably better than previously. Um, so he's, he's clearly progressing very well. Um, so yeah, another player that we potentially got at the number five. He's a very physical unit as well. What do you make of Big Icky? I really liked Icky, and I didn't really know of him until um, obviously draft season. And I started watching a lot of tape. His dominance in the run game is insane. Like he can literally mow guys over. He's a massive human being. Uh, got good or pretty good feet. But my only thing with Icky is that he could easily be the best tackle out of this draft. Um, he also has experience as guard, so that versatility is also good. But my thing with Icky is that his pass blocking can probably improve a little bit, his technique. And for right now, Evan Neal is probably the best pass – or him and Charles Cross are probably the two best pass, pass protectors. And when you're talking about Daniel Jones, um, you kind of need good pass protectors because um, obviously we saw what Nate sold our right tackle, how bad of a pass protector he was and how many times he <laughs> fumbled it. So – I would look for Joe Shane to go more, and especially with Dayball and how he develops quarterbacks, he likes more pass-dominant blockers. I would Icky to probably fall out of favor with us, but not to say he won't be an all-pro right tackle or left tackle for whatever team he plays for. I just think out of the three that we're going to discuss, I I think he's the the least favorable one out of everyone. So Yeah, he seems very high. Yeah, I mean, like, not to say that I wouldn't want, I, I wouldn't hate Icky. Like, I would love if we took him just because it's an offensive line addressing need. But I think his future's at guard in the NFL, and we need a tackle, and I just don't see it happening. Yeah, no. Um, when you're talking about, like, his tackle, he seems very, um, what's the word? Uh, I, guess, I guess fierce, and, like, he's a bit out of control, if that makes sense, like, with his tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, so... 
I don't know if that's what we need right now. I don't know if we need someone to come in and compl- like just be out of the no, 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 We no, need no. a bit of stabilisation. And it's a lot of, I guess it's going to be a lot of responsibility on pick five and pick seven, potentially, because they're almost going to be asked not to carry us forward, but in the same way they are, because, uh, you know, they're going to be basically our future for the year. They're going to be, okay, so how, how far have we come at the end of the season kind of thing. And pick five and seven are going to be mainly judged on that. Um, so that I think Icky's a very good pick and I wouldn't be that disappointed if we got him but I do think there are like you said better options potentially going to be at the five um, and I, I just don't know if he's going to suit the Giants as well as other potential prospects at that at that um, pick so we'll move on to Chris Cross Charles Cross um, let me just get my notes up for him because I've lost them all I'm on a I've actually lost them all. Have you got them? No. Oh, no, I've got them here. Never mind. Charles Cross, Mississippi State. Um, I'll let you start with this one if you want. Um, I love, like I said, I love Charles Cross. Um, he's my second pick of the bunch of the three uh, blue chip alignment in the, in the draft. He's got great, great pass protecting skills. I think the best PFF grade out of all three in terms of the passing game. His run blocking can use a little bit of improvement, but you can easily coach that. It's easier to, the, to teach than the technique of a passing blocker. And with his dominance and size on the right on the right side, he's been taking. He is a traditional left tackle, but he's been taking a lot of reps at right tackle during the draft combine and during uh, team workouts. Um, so I wouldn't mind. I, I would love Charles Cross actually. Like he, if if Evan Neal's off the board, I want Charles Cross over Icky Quanu. I don't. I don't what anyone says i think that's that's the pick for us um but he's great like i said great bass blocker can really help out daniel jones and um you know he's got the size to really be a great nfl lineman and i think he could be an all pro like i said there there's three all potential all pro tackles out here can't really miss with one of them but i have two favorites and charles cross probably second what do you think about that yeah the thing i liked about charles cross is like his arms are just a madness they're um, massive. They're massive. And like, but even like the length of them, and that's like, it, it's obviously such a big thing, like being able to like spread them that that well, um, and you know use them and use them so well when he's playing. Like, obviously there are big guys in our league and stuff like that, but like he just seems to be able to use them very well. Like he understands the game. He seems to have a very good like NFL IQ. About whenever I've watched him, he seems to understand the game very well for such obviously a young person. Um. I'd also say he's like quite explosive as well. Like I'm not saying he's rapid, but he seems to be like quite quick off the like off the ground. Um, and that's obviously saying like that I like and I like to see that sort of explosive nature in our offensive uh, in our offensive tackle. So yeah, for me, like like you said, he's he's another one that I think that we should probably go for at number five. It's all it's always going to depend, isn't it, on the first four picks and who's left. But I'd be very happy if we got Chris Cross. As I like to call him in pick five. I can I can't argue with that really. I mean it's 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 either Neil or, or Cross if we're going off of the tackle at five, and it could be true at seven too. But like I said, so to, to sum up, I guess the O tackles, my preference would be Neil, Cross, and then Aquanu. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, that's literally what okay. I've got here. So okay. I mean, I would probably 
it's all going to depend, isn't it? Really, I mean, I wouldn't be bothered with Eva. I think the the two Neil and Cross, I'd put, I'd be very happy with. If we get Icky, then it is what it is. I'd still be happy with it. They're all going to be good players for us, um, but you know we've got clearly got higher expectations for Cross and Neil. But we'll move on now to the source. If you know what I'm talking about, the big source, Source Gardner. Um, from Cincinnati, we're going from uh, Amon's or from uh, Chris Cross, Charles Cross to Amon sauce, applesauce, applesauce. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, this guy's obviously, I feel like he's had a lot more. Okay, there's maybe a couple more people that have had a bit more like spotlight attention since like the uh, mock draft's been do, uh, done, but he seems to be one person that seems to be like, getting spoke about a lot. Um, every time I go on, like, social media, there's always something about Source. So I, I don't know if he's even going to... I don't know if he's going to fall to five or seven or if we even take him. Because I, I think that number five, we're going to take a tackle. So then it's, does he fall to seven? But, so, with with, with Source, he's allowed just 6.6 yards per reception in 2021. Um, he is quick. He's a very quick person. I think I'm quick. And then I saw this guy run, so I was like, nah, I'm all right now. Um, he has two career pick sixes. The only thing, um, I don't know if you've seen him physically built, but he's got very skinny legs. <laughs> and um, he actually has a below average build. So um, he, I think he's a very good option. But I, for me, like an offensive tackle is more important at this stage, especially at pick five. So I don't know if we go for him at, at number five. What's your thought, Brendan? I would say only if we hear buzzes around somebody trading up the six to take sauce, if he's available, that maybe we would take him at five. But if we take him at five, then that almost mean almost certainly means that Carolina's gonna snag one of our own tackles of preference. So I just think um I love sauce. I think if we if he's there at seven, you draft him at seven, but um, just a few more things on him. He's like a he's gonna fit like a glove and wing system. Um, he's great man coverage. Hasn't allowed a touchdown his entire football career, which is nuts. Um, he's physical. He's lengthy. He can intercept the ball. He doesn't have bad hands. Um, p- defends a lot of, of passes, and sometimes he's not even thrown to because people are scared of, of him. So I would say um, he is my preference, or he is. One of the two guys that I would want that isn't an O tackle, if we were to draft not a non O tackle at five, that is what I will say. Yeah, I just don't think we will not draft an O tackle at five. I think that's, I don't know, I feel like they're going to do it. But it'll probably come out. I'm probably, we'll probably just draft someone completely random. Just <laughs> <laughs> someone like no one's even thought of. And just, yeah, we've got him now. Um, and then we'll go on to the man. I, I like, this is the only guy, so um, Big Kayvon is the only guy, like literally, if you go on to us, I was saying this about Source, but this guy seems to be in like every tweet. Like that's all I keep seeing. And you know that photo where it's the guy doing like, it's got like the mask going and there's loads of smoke coming out. Oh, that's um, oh, Larry McTunsil. Yeah, I know you're talking about And everyone's like, the amount of times I've seen it's like, Kayvon, what are you doing? Now you're going to fall to the seventh pick. 
<laughs> like I've seen that exact tweet about five hundred times, like from different people, so and it seems up. to always do well. Like everyone seems to get like one k of it every single time. I'm like, I'm like literally every day on Twitter. Like as it's getting closer and closer, I keep seeing it more and more. Like there was one day I, I can't remember if it was this week or last week actually, and I went on Twitter and it was literally the same tweet twice in a row, and it was just two different people tweeted it. So I don't I, he must have put a tweet out or something like that. Um, and then people obviously like reacting to it, but yeah. Um, I th- when we first started looking at mock drafts, he was like the main person. Like, oh, everyone wants him. Do you remember when he was um, going to be the number one pick? Yeah, I know. It's kind of- and like, yeah, he, he's obviously fallen away now. So I, I I don't know about the more I look into him, the less I'm like, and this is gonna sound really true, but the less I'm like, we have to get him, like. A couple of weeks ago, if you'd have asked me, oh, we're going to get Cave on at pick five, I'd be like, yeah, in a heartbeat, just take him. Like, if he's there, just take him. Now I'm like, I don't know. Like, he's clearly a very good player. Um, but I just don't know if we actually need him. Well, okay, we need, like, everyone. We absolutely need him. I'll get, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll get <laughs> yeah, I just I just feel like there's other areas we can address. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this this is what a NF according to an NFC team. So they, they an NFC team, team, man. Yeah, he's not fluid, uh, like Jadavon Clowney, but he has the same type of upside coming out. He's going to get better as a rusher, but he might top out at ten or eleven sacks. I don't see him as a dude in that area. Um, he's got very heavy hands. Um, he's long, strong, explosive. He plays hard. Um, he, he's very the best way to explain him if you've ever watched Fast and Furious that is what he is he's fast and he's furious <laughs> um, uh, and he creates a lot of space through uh, full punch and extends so yeah like I know you said like we, we do need him we need a lot of players we need everyone anyone who wants to join Giants can join but I, for me like if a tackle is priority at five um, how do you feel about Kayvon? I'm, I'm going to be honest with you right now if he is there at five, um, and say we have, so say it falls out like this, right? Just a hypothetical, hypothetical scenario, which I've been seeing a lot over YouTube, Twitter, from a lot of draft experts. Trayvon at one, Hutchinson at two, Derek Stingley or Sauce at three, and then a Quanu at four. I am 100%, unless we love Evan Neal that much over Charles Cross. You take Tavon Thibodeau in case somebody comes up and trades with Carolina to take him. He's such a he's such a need for us. Like we haven't had a one of a blue chip defensive end product since Jason Pierre Paul. And that was what, 2010, I think, his rookie season. Um and we haven't had a, a dominant defensive line since um Strahan, Uniora, Chris Canny, and those guys. And I'm just sitting there, I'm thinking, if this guy was the number one overall protected pick his entire college career, and he did not one thing to room what he has – or his playing has been speaking like he should be number one overall, why is a slight character concern of quote-unquote commitment to football? Yeah, that's football? that's what annoys – that's the only thing. It's like, so he was one, but now, like, you know, he could fall to the five. And that's the only thing that's it's, like – 
it's madness to me just because like he, I'm not I'm never questioning his commitment to football. He's always been like, I want to be the number one guy. Give me my respect. I respect that. If he wants to have that cockiness and he shows that he can do get, that, he can back it up on the field. Get him on my team. And I want those, you know, those badass personalities. Like we haven't had one since since Jason Pierre-Paul, where he was cocky and he was, you know, in front of people's faces in the media. Like he's not afraid to to um to get up and like you know speak out. And I love that. I think he's a perfect fit for us. I if he is there at five and there are two of the three offensive tackles left, give me him at five. Or if we know that Carolina is going to take a tackle, take Neil at five and Thibodeau at seven, and that is the perfect draft possible. Do you think he'll be there at five, though? Yes, I think yeah. he will. And I, I, and I will say that because, one, Trayvon Walker, I think, is going to Jacksonville, and that's just a recent development, and I think that they're taking the rawness and the upside. There's no way that the Lions pass Aiden Hutchinson if he's there. I don't think – I heard Houston doesn't like Thibodeau. I heard they like Sauce and Stingley a lot. Um, and then the Jets are, like, the only team I would be worried about. But from what I've heard from the Jets side of things, I've been listening to a ton of podcasts with Connor Rogers, and, uh, who's a Jets insider, and a few other guys uh, within the Jets organization. And they're saying that if Iki Aquanu or Jermaine Johnson, who's another guy we're going to talk about, are there – um, they're going to take one of those two and they're not going to take Thibodeau. And I'm like, all right, give me Tibbs. Tibbs, welcome to Big Apple, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I guess we do, like, like I said, I, I do obviously do rate him highly, but yeah, I guess we're just going to have to disagree on that one because I don't know. For me, like, an offensive tackle is something we'd have to take, but. Oh, I, I, but, I'm, I'm not, I 100% agree with you. If, if our pick at O-Tackle is available at five, you take him at five. But the only thing that you're risking is, is that if Sauce is gone and somebody comes up and trades for Thibodeau, then who's left at, who's left at seven? Yeah, that are is a good point. You, I think that's the problem. It's, it's that problem, isn't it? We don't know what's going to happen. And until our pick comes around at five and you know what's left, and even then you're second-guessing because you don't know what's going to happen at six, it is like sort of a... It, it must be like we all sit here and we make these like mock trades and what we would do if we were the GM. It must be a very hard like sitting Absolutely. in that office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sat in that office. Like you've basically got like potentially like a whole state or you know basically sat there waiting for you to make a decision. And especially if you've got a pick after the next one and you're just sat there going who do we pick? Well, if we don't pick this guy, he might go here, but then who do we left with at seven? Yeah, I can only imagine there's um, a lot of uh, paper flying about at the moment trying to work out who they're going to get um, in at pick five and then who they're hopefully going to get in at pick seven. Because the seven one, gonna, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is, you know, six people are going to be gone by that point. So what are we left with? And it's not making the uh, most out of what we've got left, but you've got to be like sensible with that pick five to make sure that pick seven, we also get a very good pick as well. And that we don't help any other team get a decent player. Yep. I mean, I, I 100% agree with that. But so obviously what I've been hearing from the Jets thing is is if um, Iquanu and, and Jermaine Johnson are there, they're going to take one of the two. And I hope to God that's true because if we can land two guys 
who have been labeled as number one overall picks in previous months, and they've done nothing to hurt that in Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau, you're, that's a home run draft. And, that, and it doesn't even matter what happens in the later rounds. That is a home run draft, 100%. That's just my yeah, take. Exactly. So we'll move on to pick seven now then. So we've covered pick five. We'll start off with Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, from LSU. Uh, Brendan, do you want to start off with Big Derek? Yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're choosing from the two cornerbacks, you're assuming that Sauce is gone at seven, and Singley would be a guy that that you would take if you were if you really really wanted to go quarterback in the first round. And Singley is a guy who's been hyped up since his freshman year. He dominated in that LSU title winning team. He was labeled as the number one prospect for most of his career. Um, I mean, then last year he kind of took a hit. He His grading, I believe, was like around a 65, which is pretty bad last year. But then again, LSU's defense was kind of bad last year, so he was kind of thrown out an island and like um, going up against guys like Jamison Williams, George Pickens, and other, and other projected first-round uh, first draft picks constantly and not having other, def- or other like guys to back you up on that defense. It's kind of hard to, to perform well. But there's so much upside in this guy. He's six foot. He's 195 pounds. Pretty good size for a corner. Can tackle well. Covers in space. Can intercept the ball. Got good hands. He's pretty much like sauce, but just a little bit less physical and is a little bit different scheme-wise and probably wouldn't fit into Wink's um, man press coverage kind of um, all-out blitz type of defense that he has. So – I would stray away from Stingley if I was the Giants at seven. If it came to the point where, um, say, you like like Derek Stingley was the best player available, and you know, say maybe the Eagles came up and took Thibodeau at, at six, all, all the other offensive tackles are gone. You already took one, and then you're left with like Jermaine Johnson and Derek Stingley. I'm trading back. That's just my opinion. Um, but you know, he's not a bad prospect by any means. But in terms of the fit, I don't think he's a fit for us. That's my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the same with you. I, I think Derek Singley Jr. is actually a very good player. Um, I think he has decided to become a much more efficient tackler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do think he will go on. I think he'll go on to be a very good NFL player. Um, but like you said, the system, does he fit at the moment with, with what we're trying to do? Maybe not. Um what else? He, he only, he's only played in 10 games. I don't know if you're not sure if you know this, but he only played in over, uh, 10 games over the last two seasons. Which, like, it's very hard to judge how good a player is when you've only played an average five games a year. Um, yeah, I heard that year, though. Or one of the, like, like, it was like a pretty freak injury. It wasn't like a... Uh, yeah, no, exactly. Actually, um, that's not... You know, you can't blame him for that. But at the end of the day, if you're, if you're going off something and you're trying to improve your team and you've only got 10 games to go off, um, it's tough, yeah, but the upside is there, so I, I will give him that. But, yeah, and uh, like I said, he's just not a scheme fit for us. So like, we're if like worst comes to worst, and Stingley's best player available at seven, I think he trade back. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, when I watched like I watched some of his uh, tapes, and I I looked at it, and I thought he's not bad, but he's not like you know when like he doesn't like take your breath away. Like okay, yeah, get him. He wasn't one of them guys. He was just like yeah, yeah, he's good, but like he's not amazing. Um, and that, that was my my feeling. I feel like at seven, you've got to get someone that's better than just yeah, he's all right, he's good. 
like they need to be better than that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we'll, I don't think the Giants will go for him anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's like you said. I don't think he's a, he's a great fit for us. And I think there's better players potentially going to be available to us that we can potentially take. Um, and next one is Kyle Hamilton. Um, do you want to start or should I for this one? Um, you can start. I mean, I, I yeah, have some sure. thoughts on this, but you... Yeah, sure. So, big Kyle Hamilton, he's an enormous safety with a frame for even more muscle mass than he's currently got, which uh, which is quite impressive. He, he, I thought he'd done well in his combine, to be fair. Um, his height is potentially a bit of a problem uh, for change of direction. Um, but he's got like this, like we said, a couple of players, he's got no fear. He just like sort of, it's a get up and go kind of situation. Um, he doesn't have that no, no hesitation um, to trigger an attack in, in the run support. I think his, his length and agility to recover from bad angles um, and still make a tackle is very good. I think he's a nice nice pick. I just don't know if we'll go for him. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be other players potentially at the seven that we can get um, that will probably be more suited to us, but also a very nice you know option if there isn't anything there. Whether we trade back if he's the only one available, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, like if you're at the seven, you're going to be able to be a very good player. I just don't. I feel like there's better options for us at the seven. Well, hopefully there is. Than Kyle Hamilton. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't disagree with what you're saying. Uh, in my opinion, I think this is a pretty hot take, but um, he has the most potential to be a perennial All-Pro in this entire draft. And I would say that because his versatility is incredible. I've watched him at Notre Dame my whole, my his whole career there. He's your prototypical guy who's going to you know be able to he can guard in coverage he can be physical at the line he makes a lot of tackles he intercepts a lot of passes you can fit him in any scheme you want he could be that spearhead of the defense kind of like a jamal adams but i mean I, th- I think he's better than jamal adams in my opinion but um just the way that he plays he makes the game look so easy but he's such a hard-nosed player he brings that physicality that you want out of your spearhead of your defense and he reads the game like no one else he is probably the best safety prospect that we've ever seen come out of the draft in probably the last 25 years. And that says a lot. And it says a lot that to say that he's that he's getting this consideration at, you know, some of the top picks with, with this deep um, class, or not, I guess non-QB class, but it's a very deep non-QB class. So the fact that he's um, getting talked about this high is quite impressive. And, it, and I think he merits it because um, – He's very, very, very good. And I, I honestly, I wouldn't mind if we took him. But again, because we have the glaring need at safety because Logan Ryan is now gone. But I would say there's more glaring needs. And the only way I see us taking Kyle Hamilton is if we trade back from seven and we acquire another pick and maybe we take him at like 12. Same like one straight up with us. Um, you get uh, Scott Gardner, Derek Stingley. Then maybe. I would say, okay, then maybe Kyle Hamilton makes sense at 12, just to keep EPA. But at seven, I don't think so. But yeah. would, I, would it take him? Absolutely. I would. Yeah, and then we'll move on to uh, Mr. Walker, man himself, uh, from Georgia. Um, I, actually, I actually like this guy a lot. Um, 
out of the play, four players we put on the evaluate at seven list, I do really like Trayvon Walker a lot. Um, he's big, long, powerful at the point of attack. Um, he's got an excellent understanding of how to create leverage. Uh, he stays on his feet throughout the game, which um, if any Giants fans know about Billy Price, I've seen minutes <laughs> of just this guy falling over. Like, I just can't deal with people. I just can't. Balance is, is one of them things. Like, you kind of can't train it. Like, you can, but you can't. Some people are just naturally very balanced. Um, and some people just aren't. Some people are naturally, like, people call it heavy-footed or clumsy. Like, people just naturally are just always going to be, like, quite easy to knock off their stride. Um, this guy just doesn't get knocked off his strides. And after watching last year, like, literally, you can probably go on Twitter and just type up, like, Giants players falling over and you'll probably just get like videos for days of just like our team just falling over and just getting pushed out of the way. I feel like this, uh, I feel like Walker, it would be a very good pick, uh, especially at the seven. He's powerful um, and he occasionally opens rush paths to the pocket. I, is there weaknesses? Um, He's probably below average to get off playing inside or outside. Um, and he's very limited bend in his lower half. So, but I do think he's better than what we've got at the moment. Um, and it, I think if he's available at seven, depending on what's available at seven, I, I feel like Walker would be a very good option for us. How do you feel about that one? I, I agree. I think, um, like I said, he's had a lot of rumors around him going number one to the Jags and for good reason. Um, you may not see the statistics behind Trayvon Walker, but his he was on such a stacked Georgia team that he didn't need to be, you know, getting 15 sacks a season. He just needed to be a disruptor. And what he is, he brings a lot of physicality. He, he's very fast. His combine numbers were ridiculous. He was a combine absolute beast. Yeah. yeah and that's the reason. I mean, a lot of people on him on his big board after the season at like 18 or 19. And there's a reason why he's getting all the hype is because he's such a physical beast and his tape is very good. So if he's there at seven and there's other guys that we uh, – or guess, say like Thibodeau, Sauce, Don, then I would take Trevor Walker. But I don't really see – I don't really see him as the wink type of pass for sure. But I would love him on the team. Don't get me wrong. He, he could be – yeah. he could really become an, an all-pro guy, but – um, I would say if like he would probably be like my, you know, backup option, just purely because of um, you know, like there's other better options out there for for how defense fits. Okay, and then the final one, I didn't realize how long we've been recording for actually, um, so we'll, we'll make this one quick. Um, Jermaine Johnson, the second, um, a potential another pick at number seven. Uh, he's got broad, far shoulders with impressive wingspan. Looked thicker and stronger in his lower half in 2021, which is, is key in his position um, and explodes in the hips into initial contact. Um, he is slightly inconsistent um, at times, which may is a bit of a ne uh, negative. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Um, a source tells us this section here. I thought his 2020 tape was pretty impressive. So what he did with more snaps and playing time wasn't a surprise to me, an area scout for an AFC team. Uh, what's your opinion on Jermaine Johnson, the second from Florida State? I love this guy. And I'll, I'll be the first to tell you is um, if, if there weren't so many great defensive ends, 
in, or defensive uh, prospects in this draft. He'd be the number one defensive player on the board in many drafts. And he's just so explosive. Um, he's a great run stopper. He can be physical at the line. He won't get you a lot of sacks, but just the way that he the, the, he's kind of like a Leonard Williams on on the defensive end. He's a little thinner, obviously, than 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 Leonard, but he's got that physical prowess among him. And he could really be a disruptor on the line, which is, and he could be a dominator in the trenches, which is the Giants have been missing for so long. But would I be, would I complain if we got him? Absolutely not. I love the guy. I think he would be a great fit for us. However, um, I don't think he'll be there. I think the Jets take him out four. Um, if Akima Kwanu goes to the goes to the uh, the Texans, so I would say um, it would be great to have him. But if, or even if like Thibodeau is there. It over him any day, so I would love Jermaine if like it's a dominant style that way, but I just don't see it like technically happening, or it's not like my, my favorite option. No, exactly, and so that concludes a mall. It is currently twelve o'clock in UK right now. <laughs> I'm <laughs> absolutely knackered, but Brendan, it's been a pleasure recording with you. Um, this will be As coming out a couple of hours probably before the draft, so people, I hope you enjoyed it. And then let's all fingers crossed that the Giants pick well and we have a good season next year. Absolutely. See you in a bit. See you.